Welcome to Streams of Progress, where we bring you weekly conversations with many of the UAE's prominent leaders and thinkers. Each of our guests are actively contributing to the vitality of the UAE community and economy. Our goal on the podcast is to inspire you to drive progress in your professional and personal life. Hey everyone, this is Matt, and today on Streams of Progress, I am joined by Mona Tavasoli, who is the founder and CEO of Mompreneurs. During the discussion, we talked about Mona's journey as a serial entrepreneur and explored her insights into how each of us can have it all. I know you're really going to enjoy listening to this conversation, so join us as we dive right in. So I'm here with Mona Tavasoli, who is the founder and CEO of Mompreneurs Middle East. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks a lot for having me. So definitely I want to spend some time, you know, doing a deep dive into Mompreneurs and your mission and the services that you provide. Um, But even before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the history and what led you to this point? Of course. My background is marketing and advertising, and I worked in international agencies such as Publicis. I worked on clients such as Nestle. So I've seen it all from packaging to TVC, and I absolutely love the advertising environment. Um, Then in 2009, I went to France with my partner to do my second master's in destination marketing and tourism management. We came back to Dubai in 2011, and as part of the internship that we had in France, we actually launched our first company as well. So I became an entrepreneur in 2010, but it was very different because um, we were sitting in our living room, on our couch, in our pajamas, with 100 euros, and we became an entrepreneur. It was so easy. Well, Mm -hmm. you're a solopreneur, meaning that you can't hire someone, but at at that time, it was more than enough for us. We just wanted to validate that idea, and that's something that I believe is missing here in this part of the world for to give the opportunity to people to just test their idea um, and uh, make it super easy for them. Then in 2011, we came to Dubai. We launched our first business here in the UAE called Polar Bay Creative, which is a marketing and advertising and events company. Uh, my husband also has the same background in events and marketing and advertising. So we launched um, uh, Polar Bay Creative. Same year, I became a mother as well. Okay, congrats. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but this so, is a tough time to be doing that, to be launching a company and becoming a mom at the same was, time. It was. It was. But we were super excited. You know, all of these new roles, they bring new energy. They, they, we, we were really, really excited. And all the entrepreneurs, like the first year, mm. you're full of energy. Yeah. It's the second year that you realize, well... <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a step back. When we launched it in 2011, we hired a team of art directors, or programmers. Uh, so we had the team, and all of a sudden it became summer, so mm. everything slowed down. And I was a mom, um, during one of the parties that we had for our first son, we got a lot of gifts from our loved ones, mm-hmm. which we were very grateful for, uh, but um, we didn't need a lot of them, because we usually in our culture do the party after the baby is born. Okay. So he was already four months old, and we had everything. We had the sterilizer, we had the food warmer, yeah. and I just got them as gifts. I was like, what can we do with and all so of these? So now you had two of everything. Right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. And then I came up with the idea of momsuk. Mm. So it was really a personal need. And we had the team already. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have gone through the headache of setting up a business for momsuk, mm. but because we already had the setup, and I had the team, and I, we had the license, we had the office, etc. Under Polar Bear Creative. Under Polar Bear Creative, mm-hmm. and the, the license would allow us to do that. Mm. We launched the Momsuk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of ideas die just because we are not sure if we have to go through all of that cost and yes. red tape, etc. We launched Momsuk. It actually became super successful. We had our first uh, launch in uh, March 2000. 
and 12, so exactly one year after we launched Polar Bay Creative, and we decided to have a community for mothers where mm. they can buy and sell their items, but also make friends. There are a lot of expats here and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Motherhood is a completely different game, and we all need support because a lot of us, we don't have our family here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can just tell you that my wife, also being a mother, is very active on the different Facebook groups and things like that, getting tips and tricks about how to, to live in Dubai and, and share resources. Exactly. In 2012, there weren't too many groups and there weren't too many moms communities. So it was very popular. In our launch, we had over 100 people mm. that uh, joined us. A lot of companies supported us. Um, I absolutely loved it as well because I could go to all of these events with my son. So it was some kind of a merge between um, what I was doing at work and also mm -hmm. my personal life. Mm. Then it was uh, a month later, maybe we had 500 likes on Facebook. <laughs> and at that time, 2012, you would reach more people with 500 likes than now with 10,000 likes. Sure. Somebody called me, I was in Knowledge Village, and said, um, can you please promote my business? Hmm. And the, the immediate answer was like, absolutely, yes, of course we can. And she had some courses for babies with between zero to six months. So the target audience was exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So we started, but she had like 23 likes. She, she just launched and she needed support. Any support that you can get as a startup, as an entrepreneur, you always cherish that or mm -hmm. you're looking for that. So we started promoting her. The second person called, the third person, the fourth. And then we had like 25 people that we were promoting on Momsook. Mm -hmm. And we started a little album on Momsook uh, that called Mompreneurs. Okay. So this is how really Mompreneurs is born. Yeah. So I always on the panels or when I'm talking to people, I say, I'd love to tell you that I had six months plan <laughs> and, uh, you know, a 50-page business plan and market research. But the truth is that... It was really as per the demand, and mm -hmm. we just listened to people. It was organic. It was completely organic. So when somebody asked, can you promote my business, it wasn't like, what am I going to get from you? How, when, let's send contracts. Mm. It was, the immediate answer was yes, of course. Mm. And it was really that um, I knew how difficult it is to set up a business, and I really wanted to, to help others as well. Even if you're two steps ahead of them, we can teach someone who is just starting out. Mm -hmm. Then by September 2012, so exactly after six months from the launch of Momsook, um, we had like 100 mom entrepreneurs that we were promoting on Momsook. Wow. Uh, Facebook page. And then we launched a section on Momsook for mompreneurs that we were promoting for free. So we had their, not, their profile not only on Facebook, but also on the website on mm -hmm. Momsook. We had also mommy bloggers, inspirational moms, but it was a mompreneur section that really picked up. And by September 2013, well, we had enough members to mm -hmm. launch Mompreneurs Middle East. Okay. Um, and this is how we launched three businesses basically in three years, excluding Fraise Blanche, which was in France. So uh -huh. it was like 2010 Fraise Blanche, then 2011 Polar Bear, 2012 Momsook, and 2013 Mompreneurs Middle East. <laughs> That's a lot of work. So certainly you are a serial entrepreneur. Yes, it was uh, quite a journey. Mm -hmm. And so then, in uh, you said 2013, is that right? When Mompreneurs officially launched... What was the original model for entrepreneurs? What kind of services were you providing? So 2013, we had our monthly meetups and we had sponsors on board. So business mm -hmm. model was the ticket fee as well as the sponsorship. Mm -hmm. to, yeah. to attend events and different attend networking events. opportunities. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, it was in 2000. So we stopped there. We didn't mm -hmm. launch. We worked on a few other ideas, but we, we didn't launch them. 
It was in 2015. I was part of an entrepreneurship course, mm. and during that entrepreneurship course, they worked a lot on our persons, the person's values, mm. or driving force, or purpose in life, etc. And for six months, I, I had a lot of research, you know, to identify who am I, mm. um, what are my goals, what are my values, and every time educating and empowering other women, it was always on top. Always. Mm. So the, the advice that I got from from the mentors also was that focus on something which is very much in line with your personal values and your driving force as well. So that's when in 2015 I personally fully focused on Montpernier's Middle East. And last year we launched the digital version of our course uh, because in 2014 I realized that I made so many mistakes as an entrepreneur, mm. as an entrepreneur that. I could have avoided if I knew mm. the steps, mm -hmm. and I realized that I lost a lot of uh, time, money, and energy just because I didn't know certain things. Right. So from day one, um, our marketing and advertising and branding really stood out because that was my strength and my husband's strength. Mm -hmm. But other things, even though I studied all of them at the university, I have two master degrees, a lot of things mm -hmm. we ignore when we become an entrepreneur. So I put everything together. We created a curriculum in 2014. We launched Montpreneur Rising, which is a course for women entrepreneurs. And last year, we digitalized that course as well. Mm -hmm. And so Mompreneur Rising is, uh, tell us more about the course. How long is it? What's the format, the content? When we launched in 2014, it was a two-month course. And we would meet every Monday or Wednesday, either mm -hmm. in the morning or in the evening. Mm -hmm. So we alternate every time uh, to be able to cater to women who are working or moms who don't want to leave uh, their family in the evening. And uh, it was three hours per week. Mm -hmm. And it has eight modules. We cover topics such as business planning and business model canvas, financials, mm -hmm. marketing, digital marketing, how to pitch to an investor, how to prepare your pitch deck, how to prepare your financial statements, forecasting, and the foundation of why, your purpose, your values. Mm -hmm. So it's really, um, it's all the steps. We tell them you're not going to become necessarily an expert, but mm -hmm. the feedback that I get from people is that it's an eye-opener. Eye mm -hmm. Then you know if you want to hire someone or if you want to learn more about SEO, you can take another course. But at least it gives you that overview of the topics and subjects that you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's primarily an educational product that you provide yes. as much entrepreneurs. Um, do you do any consulting and supporting them? The, you know, these entrepreneurs who are actually developing their business plan and developing a market study or something like that. So during Montpreneur Rising, which is a two-month course, then mm -hmm. we would meet every week. I had one-on-one -on -one sessions with them. We have a group of mentors. So they have um, a list of mentors that they can go to if they have any questions. Mm. So if they have any financial questions, for example, we have uh, we are partner up with accounting firms that they mm. can go to and ask their questions. If they need to mm -hmm. know more details about business planning or fundraising, we have mentors and experts that they can uh, go to. So this was 2015 to 2017, actually, that we offered it for three years in a form of in-person training. And then last year, we also launched a digital version. Mm -hmm. So now it is fully digital, uh, but we also have boot camp for two days. Okay. So now people have access to the digital course. They review everything, and I think that's the best model. And then we have a boot camp in May for two days where they can come. I assume, and I hope that they have gone through all of those <laughs> yeah. trainings, and they come, we actually sit down together, ask, they can ask their questions, and it's more of execution. Mm -hmm. And so you're there present at that boot camp and exactly. can support them yes. as well through that process. Um, I want to ask about the digitization of your course. Um, you know, what was the, the drive to do that, and you know, what are some of your reasons? Scalability, if I want to summarize it in one word, mm. because there are, like, 
at our best, we could maybe have like 60 people in a year because I wanted to have that small setting within the group where we could have, they could ask the questions so we wouldn't accept more than 10 to 15 people mm -hmm. at each class. So I couldn't really scale. And I had people from Saudi or from Jordan who would actually call or tell us, can I come for one weekend and take the course and go. Mm -hmm. So it was, again, just listening to the customers or listening to, to our audience. And I knew that there is, there is need out there. People, um, we have to think bigger than just the UAE market. I had people who drove like every week from Ras Khaimah or from Abu Dhabi to just come to the class and go back. I know they have small children. It's not very easy for them. So the digital version really was to offer them that convenience and also to offer them uh, to scalability for us. And people who took the digital course last year, for example, when I got feedback from them, one of them was telling me she watched one of the videos 10 times. Mm. You don't have sure. access to that during the class. Whatever you catch, you know, uh, whatever yeah. you get in the class, you get otherwise, it's gone. Yeah, absolutely. Even though we recorded, like people, I know they wouldn't go back, you know, to watch the recording again. But this lady who was only doing the digital last year, mm -hmm. it was more of a better test for us, better version as well, um, uh, to we launched it digital, but we had the in-person training as well. Are there any particular um, success stories that just spring to mind that, you know, people you've interacted with, people who've taken the course, um, who've done really well after coming through that? There are many examples. We have over hundreds of uh, alumni, but one person that comes to my mind is uh, Dr. Nashila, and she has a chiropractic clinic. So when she came to us, she already has established team. She has been in business for three years. They have their own clinic. They were about to launch two more. So it's not only for startups. It's for anyone who is in business for zero to five years, but they still need to learn about certain things. So mm -hmm. she has an accountant, for example. But what happened was when she took the course, she said, now, Mona, I can ask questions from my accountant. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it myself, but now I understand <laughs> the cash flow statement. Now I understand the income statement. Mm -hmm. Now I know how to read my balance sheet. So it really empowers them as an entrepreneur. She is a chiropractor. And for her running a business was something that she really had to learn. And this was a course for her that taught her everything that she needed to know. But she had her team. She knew she, she had the people who would do it, but she could now manage them in a much better way. Mm -hmm. And during the course, actually, she also launched another idea, which is a kid's gym mm -hmm. in Jumeirah. So she came to us just with the idea. And then I went to her opening a couple of months ago, okay. which was amazing. You yeah. know, just seeing uh, that something has been manifested in the external world. Yep. Um, and you can see it in front of you. You know it was only on a paper or it was an email at some point. It's really rewarding. Yeah, from an idea to execution and now yeah. operations. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. That is awesome. Um, so, you know, if our listeners are thinking about it and they have some idea, they want to become an entrepreneur, what is the process that they could get involved with mompreneurs and, and learn from your courses and things like that? I do actually have on my personal website, monotavasil.com slash gift, mm. which is a guideline. Mm -hmm. um, it's for free. They can download it. It's sure. a gift. And it's a PDF that... Um, shows them the steps that they mm -hmm. need to take to become an entrepreneur. I also do free webinars, so um, if there anyone is, is interested, they can let us know. I will tell them when the next webinar is. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and also, if they know what they want to do exactly, they can join our course at any time. It's mompreneurizing.com. It's open to all uh, women entrepreneurs. The content necessary is not only for mothers. Mm-hmm. I have actually men as well who okay. have taken the I course. I was going to ask, is it open to men as well? <laughs> uh, the, the course used to be called Entrepreneurizing when we launched it. And mm-hmm. I actually have men as part of the course. So the content is relevant to all entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, but then again, one of the advices that I get from uh, my mentors in 2015 was to focus on your niche mm. because there are many, many entrepreneurship courses out there. It's not only about the content, it's about creating that tribe. Mm. So if I just say it's an entrepreneurship course and anyone can take it, then we lose that niche or that sense of belonging yeah. or that tribe. In the community. And more, yeah. That community sense of it. Um, so yes, in terms of content, anyone can take it, but it's really the support that women entrepreneurs or mom entrepreneurs that are giving to each other. Mm-hmm. So we were speaking earlier just about the uh, environment of entrepreneurship here in the UAE. You know, what are your thoughts about how it's developed? Because you've been here in the market for a long time. What are some of the things that you've seen develop over the last couple of years? It has changed a lot. It has changed. Like 2011, when we started, I mean, I think for me... um, there were positive things and negative things. The positive was that there were not too many entrepreneurs. We got a lot of attention from media mm-hmm. <laughs> and from sponsors mm-hmm. because we were one of the few who were focused on moms mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs and women's empowerment. And mm-hmm. it was a new topic. It was very trendy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really helped us to stand out. So we were on TV, we were on Sky News. We were, and I didn't even have to do it through PR or paid. Mm-hmm. It was really organic. But we didn't have the support group that now entrepreneurs have. So now there are so many co-working spaces, angel investors. I think fundraising was not even an option in 2011. Like nobody was really fundraising. Now everyone is fundraising. And we see on social media every week, two, three entrepreneurs who get funded. So I think the trust factor is mm-hmm. now in the region. Investors did not have that trust. Now that we work with a lot of investors, because our Montpellier Rising course make them um, basically prepare everything that they need to have to fundraise. Mm. Even if I tell them, even if you are not planning to do fundraising, make sure you have everything ready because you will just have the confidence that somebody else Mm. will invest in my business Mm -hmm. uh, who is not my father or husband or my mother (laughs) or, you know, someone. They really believe in my idea and it's really really feasible to do it. So we we help them to prepare their pitch deck to, to... present in front of investors and we have a pitch competition at the end of the course as well. So when we work with investors, they tell me, Mona, people, entrepreneurs come to us just with an idea. Hmm. An idea doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like they haven't done their homework. They haven't worked on their um, pitch deck. They haven't worked on their financial statements. They haven't worked on their market research. And then they're worried about their idea. What if the investors steal my ideas? Yes. Yes. I've heard that as a frequent (laughs) concern. Um, So now I think that trust factor is there. The entrepreneurs are a lot... um, more engaged with the community. They learn from each other. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of educational um, institutes that help them to prepare their pitch deck, to learn about financial statements, and it has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You've touched on just a few times now about the, the issue of fundraising, you know, yeah. and I, I wanted to ask, has mompreneurs raised funding? We didn't because, and I, that's one thing we teach at the course as well, mm. you don't have to. Mm. 
um, do fundraising. I launched four businesses and, you know, we we did bootstrapping. Was mm. it easy? Never. It's very, very difficult, but we also never felt that we needed uh, to fundraise. And people that we are modeling, mm-hmm. they are not the ones who fundraise. So the, the second module of the course that we have is clarity. Mm. You need to know exactly what is it that you want. Mm. So And then you model those people. Like that, you say, I want to be that company, or that's where I want to be in five years. Mm-hmm. Have they fundraised before? What is the system that they followed? How many employees do they have? So people that, it's not that you have to necessarily exactly follow their footsteps, mm-hmm. but then when you're doing your research, you realize what are the resources that we need. And f- when we went digital and people that we're following are mainly b- based in North America, they none of them have fundraised. So we are happy with the model so far, mm-hmm. but I have my pitch deck ready. I have the <laughs> financials ready. And that's what I tell people as sure. well. I tell them you don't have to fundraise, but make sure you have, and we have done a lot of competitions. Mm-hmm. I won a lot of grants. Mm-hmm. First, one thing I tell them, especially women entrepreneurs, there are a lot of grants out there from $5,000 to $100,000. Mm-hmm. The good thing with grants is that you don't have to give any equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have won grants before, and every time I do a pitch competition, I get feedback from judges, mm. which always, always, always help me to understand, um, you know, the the market better based on the question that I get and the feedback that I get. Mm-hmm. So I have everything ready, but I never felt that we need to fundraise. Mm-hmm. So it's basically been your own capital and then cash flow from the. Yes, so we have been bootstrapping from day one. What do you think about the future for the UAE specifically? So here we are in you know early 2018, expos coming up, a lot of development and growth here. Um, so I mean, is entrepreneurship still alive and well here in the UAE? I believe so, and I believe that when the market is not very stable, like mm. there are a lot of larger organizations who are in trouble now, mm. but then when the employees get laid off, it's the best time that they become entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're forced into it, maybe. You're but. forced into it, and then a couple of years later, it was like it was the best thing that happened to me. Sure. So I never felt that the entrepreneurship market here, um, you know, I never felt that it's declining, to be mm. honest. I actually felt that it's getting more and more empowered, like entrepreneurs that I see, more entrepreneurs here. Well... Nine out of 10 businesses fail. We mm. know that. Uh, so we know that a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of ideas, they don't exist after three years, but at least they, they try. And the thing is that the person, the entrepreneur doesn't fail. Maybe the idea fails, but that person then launches another idea. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that. Yep. So maybe they launch the second and the third and the fourth idea. Finally, something mm-hmm. uh, will work. And for me, Dubai is really, UAE in general is the leading country in the region. So of course, a lot of things that still can be done, like the licensing that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. we can make it a lot easier for entrepreneurs to set up. Mm-hmm. I was, I had a chat with a very um, successful Emirati entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and she has a huge business. She was like, the fee that we pay here is nothing, is nothing compared to the tax that I am supposed to pay. So she was very grateful, uh, sorry, he was very grateful that uh, the fees are so minimal. But at the same time, for an entrepreneur to start, you know, yeah. paying for rent and license and this and that, it's a lot of money at the beginning. So if you can make things simpler for entrepreneurs so they can work legally, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of startups in markets or in social media, etc., that they just can't afford setting up a business mm-hmm. uh, with the current situation. So if you can just make it easier for them so they can work legally... I think we'll definitely we have come a long way and there's a lot that we can still improve. 
So you shared with us the story about you know how Mompreneurs was founded, coming out of Momsuk. Um, but just tell us, you know, why? You know, what is your vision or, or purpose for Mompreneurs? And the why of the business, we believe that empowered mothers raise empowered leaders. And uh, one of the ways to empower them is through entrepreneurship, because that can bring that uh, balance and harmony to their lives. Mm. While there are a lot of corporates are now trying to catch up mm -hmm. by offering flexible working hours and doing this and that and empowering women. But entrepreneurship, really, you might work more, but you have that freedom of time. You can work whenever that you uh, want. And we believe that... Success is a, is a very holistic view. It's both personal and professional life. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, we have seen a lot of entrepreneurs who succeed in their business, but along the way, they might lose their health, well-being, families. And then at some point, you reach to that goal and you, you, the feeling is not right. Mm -hmm. So for us, empowering women is to make sure that they're satisfied with their life. They have that balance and harmony, which actually helped me a lot as a mother mm. of two. Mm -hmm. and a serial entrepreneur uh, to do a lot of research in the area of um, you know, self-development or self-mastery. Mm -hmm. And uh, I launched a workshop in 2016, which is called You Can Have It All. Yes, I've and actually <laughs> attended one of these. I've seen you deliver this. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And it's all about you know, finding that balance in mm -hmm. our lives. And I believe that entrepreneurship is not the only way, was uh, one of the best ways to empower women because they can and do whatever they want to do professionally, but also at the same time spend enough time with their families. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's such a hard thing to do because we live in this fast-paced world where things are expensive and we have to pay the bills. And then we also have the commitment to you know, our career and finding purpose and meaning in our lives and then balancing that with family and our personal hobbies and passion is like so much. So how do you find that balance or you know, give us a flavor of maybe you can have it all, that, that seminar that you give. What are some of the key points that we could take away from it? Well, it's a full-day workshop. And <laughs> okay, the, yeah. the least that it can be is like one hour that I have as a teaser. But the thing that I always say is that just having clarity of what is it that we want. Because a lot of time we're just confused because we don't have a clear picture of what our all even means. Mm. And we keep it social media, thanks to social media. We keep comparing our life with other people. And then our why or our all changes all the time in life. We think that we have to do everything. So I always say that you can have it all, but you can't do it all. Mm. So be clear and having it all is really a feeling. Mm. It has nothing to do with external circumstances. So you might, th that feeling of when you go to bed at night, you feel satisfied and you feel in peace and you know that you're living, a f you're fulfilled. Mm -hmm. It's that fulfillment that matters the most. It's not about achieving. It's not about becoming a CEO. It's not becoming, in, going in the boardroom. It's, these are all doings. Like who are we as our being? Mm -hmm. Who is that person? Who, who are we? Are we giving back to our community? Are we living a life that is in line with our values? And then definitely financial freedom is a huge part of having that empowerment. Mm -hmm. So that's, that, that's another area that we talk to our community about creating passive incomes. So it's really, it's a long-term goal, but it's a journey. It's not a destination. So having it all is not, um, I always use the example of Kilimanjaro, mm. that we, we climbed for five days and then we went on the top. We were on top for five minutes and then we had to come back, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but it was the journey that made it mm. beautiful. Having it all or living 
you know, a successful life is really also a journey, but we need to have that clear picture of where we are heading to. So we have that clarity. We make sure that it's in line with our values. Mm -hmm. And then every day we take positive steps towards that. Mm -hmm. I found the same in my own life is that finding satisfaction along the way, yeah. as, as you said, that, you know, the journey, um, and not just believing that you will be happy when X exactly. happens, you know, you can be satisfied and even happy and thriving, you know, each step along the way. If you can't be happy now, mm. now, now, no matter what's happening, mm -hmm. you can never be happy for long term. Mm. So we might think that, okay, if I lose weight or if I find that job or if I become a parent or, 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 I'll be happy. We reach there after a week or two, a month or two, it's like buying a new car. Mm -hmm. Right, it's new, it's exciting for a month maybe, yep. but after that we don't even notice what yeah. type of car we are driving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's really like achieving that goals. The goal itself doesn't matter if we if we don't start enjoying the journey that we take to achieve that goal. Otherwise, that satisfaction will be only for a week and two, and then we'll lose it. Mm -hmm. So do you believe in tips and tricks, you know, that like simple things that people can do that take action? Like first thing in the morning, you should do this. Or is there something that you do that our listeners can actually apply to their lives? Um, one of the things that the first thing that I share with at the You Can Have It All workshop is that the logical level, maybe the audience can mm -hmm. search about it, but the logical level is like a pyramid that shows a lot of times we try to change things at the behavior level, mm -hmm. and that's requires a lot of willpower mm. so I want to lose weight. I, I use the example of losing weight because that's the easiest to relate to but I want to set up a business or I want to be financially free or whatever that goal is so at the, at the behavior level we try to change our um, habits or mm. we try to change the things that we do using our willpower but the thing is our willpower is a finite resource mm -hmm. so we use it for uh, you know for a day or two but in the evenings we feel really tired we have decision fatigue you know and then we go off track. When we start changing things at the identity level, mm -hmm. we become that person. Mm. So in the workshop that you mentioned, I, I used the example of becoming vegan. So mm. I became, I always tried when I did Tony Robbins in, in London, his Unleash the Power Within, he gives you the health challenge for 10 days, nothing with face. So it means no <laughs> animal products, yeah. no egg, no dairy, um, no tea, caffeine, no alcohol, no smoking. Like you know, I, I don't smoke, I don't drink, but mm. I mean, that's the, well, that's what he has right. as a, a total challenge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I started doing that in 2014 for 10 days. And it was really difficult because I had to use my willpower. So when mm. you see egg or when you see steak, you really want to eat it. Mm. But you use your willpower to say, no, I gave my word for 10 days. I'm not going to eat it. And it's really tough. Mm. But then in 2017, last year, I became vegan. I know why I'm doing it now. You know, I watch a couple of documentaries. Mm -hmm. After doing this detox for so long, I know that my body is at its, I'm at my best mm -hmm. during that time. So I have seen the change. I'm more energized. I can focus better. I can see that I am a better version of myself during those 10 days. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, my identity shifted. I liked that mona during those 10 days mm. more than the mona who is not in that vegan period. Sure. So when I realized that I had a strong why, I had a strong purpose, and my identity shifted, I started liking that person more. Now when I see steak or eggs, I'm not using my willpower anymore. It is my identity that has changed. This is a very long discussion. Um, <laughs> but the main thing is if you want to make any change that will last 
longer, we have to use, we have to make sure that identity changes and not just our behavior. Mm -hmm. It has to become a part of us rather than just something that we're doing. It's a lot of inner work. Mm -hmm. What are the questions? What are our unconscious beliefs? What are our values? When those shift, it's exactly like an app. Mm -hmm. You know, I always in, in the spirituality world, they use it. Like we see the app on our um, mobiles mm -hmm. and we see just some of the functions but there's a lot of coding mm. that is underneath that app or those functions that we see if you want to change anything which will last longer we have to change the codes mm -hmm. and not just the design if that makes sense mm, totally and uh, i wanted to ask do you do any kind of meditation work or any kind of thing like that I know the benefits of meditation. I do my best to do 15-20 minutes of meditation um, every day. Do I do it every single day? No. Mm. But I know the benefits and if I don't do it for a couple of days I can see the difference because I can't focus the same way. So I would all, I re always recommend people to do at least 15-20 to 20 minutes of meditation. Mm -hmm. And do you use any kind of technology for that? An app or anything? Or no, you just sit quietly and reflect? Um, I use some of the musics or some of the guided meditations that mm -hmm. I like online. Yeah. One of them focuses a lot on breathing mm -hmm. and our uh, breath, like the way that we breathe, it really helps us to focus better. Mm -hmm. And so one of them is it focuses on breathing for 20 minutes. And the other one, I love Eckhart Tolle uh, meditation. So I mm -hmm. sometimes use that guided meditation as well. Mm -hmm. So tell me about uh, the best book you've read recently. One of the best books that I've read recently is The Full Engagement, The Power of Full Engagement. Mm -hmm. And it talks a lot on... Uh, about our energy optimization. The beauty of it is that during these three years that I've been doing a lot of research on how can we create the best version of ourselves to mm. find that all or to find that balance, I really saw that energy makes a huge difference. So I worked on the pyramid of energy, mm. which is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And then I came, my, one of my mentors who is based in the US, when we had this discussion, I was telling her, this is what I came up with. She said, you have to read the book, The Power of Full Engagement. Mm. And actually that book is like somebody has done all the research for me. <laughs> <laughs> makes it easier for you, yeah. Much easier. So if anybody wants to know like how to be at our best, how to improve and increase our energy, that is one of the best books that ex explains it. So is that something that you give out frequently to other people who are, you know, wanting to grow in this area? I always ask them to read it, but also I'm working on my own book, You Can Have It All, which will have a huge part of it is energy optimization because part of having it all is being at our best um, most of the time, if not all the time, and our energy level makes a huge difference in that. So until You Can Have It All is out, <laughs> you can read The Power of Full Engagement and make sure you read both actually. They're, yeah. Awesome, awesome. How's the book writing going for you? <laughs> Um, it's, it takes a lot of, it requires discipline and um, the good thing is that it's like part of my research as well. So um, a lot of times the things that happen to me, a lot of those emotions and then how I deal with them, it's like I am using myself, uh, just aware of all of these emotions, how I overcome them and then I put them in a, in a book. So for me at least this, the first book that I'm working on is not just a goal, it's really understanding uh, how things are happening and every time I come up with a new idea or I read something new, I just put it in this book. 
So I'm planning to launch it um, this year, and I'm hoping that my research is complete by now. Good luck. I can't wait Thank till you. it comes out, and I'll definitely get a copy. Thank you. We're recording this at the end of April, and I know that the Mompreneurs Forum is coming up yes. at the beginning of May. So if you could tell our listeners about that. Definitely. So we have um, one of the huge, the huge part of our company and our vision is to bring the community together. And even though we went digital last year, I know that nothing can replace that you know, human connection and mm. people seeing each other. And when you come to our events, like it's sometimes at our events, I really feel that I just throw a party mm. and invited all of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the feeling is not that serious or business type. Like mm. people really, they want to help each other. They're mm -hmm. like friends. And especially a lot of them, they are moms. They want to help each other. They go out with their kids and they want to support each other. So um, I'd like to have this small point of forum. I've been thinking about it. It's the first time we're doing it. We have other large events like Global Men mentoring walk that we had last month and it was beautiful we match mentors and mentees and they walk together mm -hmm. uh, which is part of a global initiative by vital voices and we organize a chapter in the uae mompreneur forum will be a full day of panel discussions um keynote speakers and there will be a mentoring session and a pitch competition as well so it's a full day mm -hmm. there will be a lot of activities and i'm really excited about it because we have a great lineup of speakers and mentors and i can't wait to see the entrepreneurs who's going to pitch as well. And can you tell us about the theme for this year? The theme for this year is freedom of choice. And the topic that we're going to talk about is that entrepreneurship is one of the ways to empower women. But at the end of the day, it's all about having the freedom to choose what we want to do. So if a mother wants to be a stay-at-home mom, she should have that choice. If a father wants to be a stay-at-home dad, mm. he should have that choice. If a mother wants to work or not work or become an entrepreneur, it's all about giving choice to the community, owning our choices, because I know a lot of mothers especially deal with that guilt and shame and there are a lot of negative emotions. If you make any decision, let's own it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm own it and don't judge other people as well. So the whole entire concept of freedom of choice is having that choice, owning it and respecting others for their choices. Mm. How can somebody uh, get a ticket and uh, you know, look forward to attending? Sure. So they can go either to our website, mompreneurs.me, or they can send an email to events at mompreneursme.com. So I want to shift gears over and do some rapid fire questions, if that's okay. Sure, of course. I'm sure you're familiar with the huge billboards that we have on Sheikh Zayed Road that stretch for like a kilometer. Mm -hmm. If you could have one of those billboards and you could put any message on it to all of basically the residents of Dubai, what message would you want to share with them? Invest in you. So if there is one message that I want to give, because, I mean, there's a long story. I shared with you my business side of story, but not my own personal story. But I hit rock bottom a couple of times when I became a mom. I was off track. And then, like, there are a lot of emotions that you go through. And everything shifted when I started investing in myself. So I always tell people that your your children, your partner, your husband, your wife, your, employ, your employee, employees deserve the best version of you. Mm. Don't feel guilty uh, that you're going to exercise or you're taking that time off for yourself because you're actually investing in yourself. You're mm. becoming a better better mom. You're becoming a better dad. You are able to give them your best version. So invest in you and don't feel guilty about it. Who is somebody that you look up to or that inspires you? Well, um, really my children are the ones that inspire me uh, the most. I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm doing. I want to make the 
world a better place for them and other children. I always say that I, I am an advocate for women's empowerment and I have two sons. Um, so it's not about disempowering men. That's definitely something. It's not a world that I want for hmm. my kids. It's all about inclusion. It's all about uh, complementing each other and making the world a better place. And they are the ones who really are my why, my reason, and they inspire me the most. What's happening in the next 12 months that you're most excited about? Um, I'm really excited about having the book out because that's really the research that I've been doing for the past couple of years is not just a goal. It's really based on all the research that I've been doing and I can't wait to see it uh, live. How do you recommend that moms integrate their personal lives and their children in with their business work? You know, Matt, you actually um, um, said the exact words that I wanted to mention. So it's a work-life integration. It's not much of a balance. It's it's really in, integrating our work. So I don't have a time that I say, like, I'm going to work from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. and then I'm not working. For me, it's like I'm in the center. I am growing. This is my business. This is my life. And I have my certain values. Like, I always ask people, what are your top five values? So for me, for example, is well-being, is family, is growth, is impact and peace. And I have to make sure that at least... Um, I know in a week I have something that is in line with these values that I have. And it's not, doesn't have to be in those restrict hours um, that is defined by our corporate at the moment. So my kids, they come to the office. So we have an office which is kids friendly. They come, there's a big chalkboard. They can have fun. My um, my older son always come to my events. So one time I was preparing my speech. Um, my partner was preparing his speech. And then we saw that he is actually sitting down. At that mm. time he was fine. And he was preparing his speech. And then he said, like, this is what I'm going to tell them. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm going to tell the audience. And he got the mic from us. Really, they don't have to tell them anything, but they are observing and they're learning everything from sure. us. So just involving them in everything that we do. I think at some point with Mom Sook, I felt I'm working for Ryan, for my older son. Mm -hmm. it, he felt that it's his <laughs> company that I'm working for him. I know it's much easier for me because I have come into for moms and my business is very um, mom friendly basically at mm. my pitch competition at my events kids are always there I had an investor who came to the room and said this is the first time that I'm seeing actually there are kids around but I love it it's mm. really uh, it's all about um, involving our children from early age to see exactly what we are doing especially as entrepreneurs and they learn um, from us a lot but I, I believe that it's possible in any industry really it's, it's, it is possible to involve them in everything that we do um, even when we go home ask them questions talk to them, let them know about what we do, about our business. Sometimes they give you the best ideas. So it's really about involving them and not having that um, thick line between our personal and professional mm -hmm. lives. There doesn't have to be a silo between your professional and your not personal at identity at home as well. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So Mona, thank you so much for being here with us at Streams of Progress. Where can our listeners find more information? The, um, they can follow us on social media at Mompreneurs ME and me personally at Mona Tavastoli on all channels, across all channels. Or thank they can go to the website Mompreneurs.me or MonaTavastoli.com. Thanks again, Mona, for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Matt. You can check out this episode show notes on our website at streamsofprogress.com slash mompreneurs. We'd love to connect with you, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram or reach out via our website. If you can please take a few minutes to give us an honest rating on iTunes, this really makes a huge difference and improves our ability to reach more people in the UAE and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next week on Streams of Progress.